So uh, I'm just so grateful to God for setting me free from this uh, fear and torment and anxiety. So we've learned from my husband, Ray, that salvation means, um, or soteria, means much more than just eternal life. It means freedom from the molestation of the enemy, which is huge. So we inherit eternal life automatically when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. But getting free from the molestation of the enemy often takes time. And as one of the processes described in Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear, which means phobos, fear, terror, alarm, the object of causal fear, or reverence and respect and trembling. It's a process. So all my life I've suffered from fear and anxiety and been tormented by absolutely terrible nightmares. It's easy to think, no wonder I was tormented by nightmares, considering how off the rails I went. <laughs> but the truth is I went off the rails because of stuff that happened in my childhood. And in fact, as Ray and I minister to more and more people, we find that much sickness and bondage has its roots in childhood trauma. I describe the struggle pre-Christian in chapter 8 of The Wild Side. Quote, There was no place to turn to find relief, as there isn't without God, right? To me, rest and peace were simply theoretical ideas, luxuries others enjoyed. For many years, my attempts to find restorative sleep at night were thwarted by terrible nightmares or night terrors. The nightmares were sometimes so bad that I'd wake up terrified on the other side of the room with a sore leg from leaping over the bed end or at the bottom of the ladder to our loft bedroom with my arm half dislocated or banging on the walls for help. The world has no answers. Check out what the psychologists say about night terrors. Quote, People experience a rude awakening, give a penetrating cry, sit bolt upright, and stare blankly while suffering deep-seated panic and inexplicable overstimulation of the nervous system. Few remember a coherent dream, but some retain an alarming image. This is not indicative of emotional disturbance, and treatment may not be required, as night terrors are often temporary. Yay! Not. My night terrors were definitely not temporary, and recollection of my dreams was generally vivid and disturbing on much more than just a physical level. In my humble opinion, night terrors and the scary image usually recalled by sufferers is purely demonic, could not be cured by any amount of psychological treatment, and is highly indicative of emotional disturbance. Doors had been opened which I couldn't close. There was only one who could." End quote. Over the years, I've had a lot of prayer and received 
huge amounts of freedom from the worst of the night terrors because I've repented for my involvement with drugs and the occult, psychic readings, horoscopes, and on and on it goes. And I've cut the ties to those things, so I've been released from them. But there was one stubborn, recurring nightmare that was different each time in detail. They always had the same feel about them. I knew right at the beginning, just when they were starting, that it wasn't going to end well. Sometimes it would be one tormentor coming. Sometimes it would be a team of tormentors. I'd see them coming to torment me to death, but I was powerless to stop them, to hide or to wake up. Even as a Christian, I used to struggle to get the name of Jesus out to break its hold. And I felt that they were much more than just nightmares. That's because they were demonic attacks. I rebuked fear and intimidation until I was blue in the face. But they still kept happening. That began to eat away at my faith in the power of prayer. So why would Jesus' name not be enough to stop them coming back? Was my faith too weak? To be clear, Jesus' name and his blood are more than enough for everything we need. But if there is an entry point, they have a legal right to be there. Proverbs 26.2 tells us, without a, curse, without a cause, a curse cannot alight. Jesus has done his part at the cross and the resurrection. But we have to do our part too. We have to pursue our freedom and search it out, issue by issue, layer by layer. We'll never be truly free if we settle for a certain amount of breakthrough and don't keep pressing on or compromise with what the world calls tolerable recovery, just enough to get by. God doesn't want us to live like that. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. I'm not throwing myself around the room and screaming at night anymore, which is good. But still many times in the night, Ray would have to wake me up. Because, what's that? when I disturbed him with all sorts of scary noises while trying to call out to Jesus for help during a nightmare. Ray would usually rebuke the spirit of fear and then they would go away. Well, I thought they would go away. They went away temporarily, but they always came back. So he joked, you must be embarrassed having nightmares like that. Imagine if you were at a woman's camp with Alex and Bronwyn. <laughs> And you started making noises like that in the middle of the night. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be thrown outside the camp. <laughs> then, seriously, he added, you need to find out what the entry point is for these nightmares and the spirit of fear. So, one night recently, after another visit from the torturers, I lay awake asking the Lord why this kept happening. What was the entry point? 
A vague thought came into my mind, a waft of a memory of a regular childhood occurrence, a game played by two others at my expense, a tickling, torturing game in which they dealt me the punishment until I was way past being able to cope. The thought drifted away and I didn't think much of it. And then the next thought that came in was the same thing, about the same thing. I realised the Lord was showing me that that was the entry point for this spirit of fear, for these nightmares, when I'd regularly been tickled and tortured. So I relaxed and I knew in myself that I'd tell Ray in the morning when I woke up and he'd pray with me and I'd be set free of it once and for all. So I told Ray in the morning about the entry point, being regularly tickled and tortured by these people. And to my surprise and annoyance, he said, well, have you forgiven them? I was taken aback because I didn't hold anything against them that I knew of. But forgiveness is a powerful key. And it removes the enemy's foothold. So I've learned that unforgiveness can be an entry point to a spirit of fear. I'll say that one again because it is so important. Unforgiveness can be an entry point to a spirit of fear. Um, number five, Matthew 18, 32 to 35 tells us, then his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So what's the link between fear and torment? It's explained in 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. The NIV says punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So I tried to pray and forgive these people, one of whom was my brother who has since passed away. As I was trying to, to, to say a prayer of forgiveness, I was overcome by a huge wave of grief for my brother, which had been hiding. I thought I'd been healed of all grief years ago from my brother, who had been killed by a drunk driver when he was 24, but there was a spirit of grief hiding there. Ray helped me rebuke the spirit of grief and ask God to heal my heart once and for all. And he did, and the grief left really quickly. Then I prayed a prayer forgiving him and the other person. Then I commanded the spirits of fear, torment and nightmares to leave me once and for all and to not return in Jesus' name. And now I'm finally free from the nightmares. 
they have actually stopped happening. Ray is greatly relieved. <laughs> and I am hugely grateful to Jesus. I thought I was never going to get free from them. But his word is true. And as promised in Proverbs 3.24, when, when we lie down, we will not be afraid. We will lie down and our sleep will be sweet. And it is now, thank God. But the Lord wasn't finished freeing me. He didn't want me to stop there. He reminded me of the anxiety and the panic attacks, which, I was, which is very common for people these days. But it's not okay for Christians. My panic attacks and anxiety were related to my graphic design workload. Ray was right when he said, well, stop sinning. And that's so annoying. But it's so annoying that it sticks in my head and it, for a very, it works for good because, because it makes it so simple. It, it doesn't make it okay and let's have a pity party about it. No. Everything that is not of faith is sin. Romans 14.23 So, whenever I have a panic attack or am anxious, I am sinning. So that's nice to have that clear in my head because it snaps me back to reality. Having panic attacks is not trusting God. It's looking at our own inability and limitations and freaking out. God doesn't even come into the equation. God knows our limitations and tells us in Philippians 4, 6 to 8, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a prescription for mental health. So, like David at Ziklag, I inquired again of the Lord. Lord, what is the entry point for these work-related panic attacks and anxiety that I'm having? Straight away, a vague thought wafted into my mind about when I was in an old job and the boss asked me to take on a role that was outside of my giftings. I turned it down but he insisted, saying that he'd cover for me until I got up to speed. Again I turned it down, and again he insisted. I didn't, didn't inquire of the Lord, but was instead led by man, and I people-pleased. That season was very hard and long-lasting, and was the entry point for fear and anxiety and a very nasty depression. I learned a valuable lesson. Ask the Lord for direction. And even if he says go against something that your boss is saying, obey him. It was my own fault. I leant on people, not God. Be led by the Spirit. So I repented and asked forgiveness for not asking God what he wanted me to do in that situation and do it. I forgave the person involved 
then I forgave myself. I now asked forgiveness for not trusting God in my current work and relying on my own strength. Then I rebuked the spirits of fear and anxiety and they left. Just like the Lord says in Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears because that's what he does. The key is appropriating the finished work of Jesus. Without Jesus, we're just getting into life coaching, motivational speaking or mindfulness. The current trend for finding peace outside of God, which has no power and certainly no eternal life. Jesus not only died for our sins, he went to Hades and got the keys to death and hell, and he rose again to life. And he gave us the authority. Luke 10, 19, and he said to them, I, say, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any, by any means hurt you. That's a beauty. I'm still faced with the choice every day, as you might be, to panic or to trust. And my workload has increased recently. But I choose to bind my mind to the mind of Christ and to choose faith over fear and put my trust in God. God says, 1 Peter 5, 6-7, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That word cast means to throw with all of your might. Like a basketballer going for the goal from the middle of the court. This is the most valuable lesson as the times we live in are hugely stressful and busy. Luke 21, 26 says, men's hearts will be failing them from fear. Now he is talking about the signs of the end times there, but we are in the end times and panic attacks are a huge problem for many these days. If I'm trusting in myself, the Lord's hands are tied. But if I give my workload and problems to the Father in Jesus' name and thank him and trust him to help me, he absolutely does. For we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13 Jesus said in John 16.33 I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our hope as always is in him. A surprising bonus that came from being set free from fear and anxiety is that my asthma that I've suffered my entire life is gone. It has no foothold anymore. Ray teaches that one of the root causes of asthma is fear. 
you can ask him about that. So each morning I wake up and the workload comes flooding to mind. And the miscellaneous problems and issues pile on top of that. But I breathe and remember, our mandate is to keep our minds fixed on Jesus. In Isaiah 26.3, God says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because he trusts in me. Fear is the opposite of faith. In Mark 40, Jesus said to the disciples when he was rebuking the wind, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? It's a choice to be delivered from fear. The word works when we work it. We don't need to compromise with our freedom. Jesus said in John 8.36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Really. No such thing as tolerable recovery in God's kingdom. So, here's the challenge for you. Do you sometimes suffer from nightmares or fear? Do you have anxiety or panic attacks? Let's bow our heads now and if that's you, ask the Lord to point out the entry point to your fears. Let's just pick the main one that is a problem. Worst first. So we'll wait on the Lord. Then if you'd like the Holy Spirit to set you free this morning, just have the courage to come forward for prayer because I'd like to pray for you and ask Jesus to set you free. Let's all bow our heads and pray.